0: Good morning, church. Good morning. He has risen. He's risen indeed. Amen. Others have said hi, mom, to the live stream. My mom is in the presence of the Lord Jesus, as well as my dad. But I still want to say, hey, mom and dad. Happy Easter to you. He has risen. So I wanted us to uh, think about this question. Do you have something, anything in your life that is unfinished, that is waiting to be completed. You have some unfinished business. I think all of us, to a certain degree, have a measure, even if small things of being unfinished. Taxes, for example. Only a few more days. Perhaps that's unfinished. I don't really do a whole lot of jigsaw puzzles. I know some of you did. You started it. Maybe that jigsaw puzzle is right there on the table, daring you to finish. Don't work on it during the message, right? This is Easter. Stay focused, right? Some bigger projects we have potentially could be unfinished. Some of us have started degree programs, and not finished. Some of us had projects that we began just before all of this COVID-19 happened, and we've had to hit pause on that. I had a book. I have a book I'm working on. I've got the outline. It's about the, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, his ministry he wants to do in your life. I've written a couple of chapters. That was a few years ago. Unfinished. Have you ever thought about Easter in the lens of being unfinished? Now, I know that Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, but I'm fairly confident he was talking about the suffering part of his uh, passion. I think there's an aspect of Easter that is unfinished, that the Lord wants us to hear this morning. Well, let me put it this way. I, along with pastors from around the world, have been contemplating for the last couple of weeks, how do I preach an Easter message with the celebration that it deserves in the midst of a pandemic? In the midst of so much sorrow and pain. If you have any ideas, text me. Really, well, I guess I'm beyond that. Uh, how do you do that? How do you think through? I mean, this is the climactic moment of the, the Christian life. This, is the, the, this deserves so much celebration, and yet we don't want to be blind or deaf to what's happening. Around the world. As I was praying about this, I felt like the Lord was saying, I've allowed this to perhaps teach some very important and prominent things, not just about the Christian life, but about Easter itself. In fact, I, I thought, you know, this pandemic, this, this social distancing, all this thing, this could have happened any time during the calendar year. And yet God chose to allow it to happen over Easter. Is there a significance to that? And I felt like he was saying that at least for me personally, and, and perhaps for you as well, he wants to bring a depth of understanding of Easter itself. That perhaps we, if we weren't in this time of distress and sorrow, we wouldn't quite hear as deeply. Those two ideas really have to do with continuation and cause. The idea that Easter is perhaps not the end of the story as we've thought about it. Yes, it, it comes at the end of the Gospels, all four Gospels. Easter is that climactic moment, but not a single of the four Gospels ends with And they lived happily ever after. In, for, in fact, perhaps we have seen Easter as a conclusion rather than a beginning. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But I also want and believe the Lord is wanting to say something about the idea of the cause of Easter that Easter didn't just happen in a vacuum, that, that God the Father just didn't wake up one moment and say, boy, I think it would be a nice idea if I sacrificed my son on the cross and he died for the world. In fact, there's a context, there's a cause to Easter that perhaps the Lord wants to teach us a little bit more deeply And I want to use this language, I hope it's okay that I use this language, because I think it's important for our time and in this moment that the cause of Easter, the reason for Easter, was really because of a virus. Not specifically COVID-19 virus, but a virus that is far more deadly than COVID-19, a virus that is far more universal and global. In fact, this virus has infected every one of us, no matter what country we live in, whether we're male or female, rich or poor. This virus that was the cause, the sin and rebellion, against our Creator. You know, we've been reading the story, and oftentimes we read the majority of Matthew 28, and we always read the the, um, resurrection story. This Easter, we thought we'd give a little bit more context of before the story and after the story. I don't remember any Easter of ever reading beyond Matthew 28, verse 10. Let me read the story as it continues. Verse 11. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Right there in the, in the most climactic chapter of Scripture, Matthew 28, the virus of sin and rebellion is right there in the form of bribery and dishonesty and deception. Right there, that was part of the story. That first Easter wasn't filled with these beautiful colors and, and profound music but it was filled with things like dishonesty and deception. You know, I was uh, reading an article, I think it came from Georgia, where there is litigation that's happening in a court of law, and someone did not fulfill his contractual duties, and he was arguing that it was because of an act of God that he did not fulfill his contractual duties. And he was saying the act of God is COVID-19. And so this is the litigation process that's happening. In fact, I I didn't realize that that in the court of law, that the act of God has a long history and is used in a variety of ways. And so part of the debate, part of what's happening back and forth is, is COVID-19 considered an act of God? They they actually define it, an act of God in a court of law, the overwhelming, unpreventable event caused exclusively by forces of nature, such as an earthquake, a flood, and a tornado. Now, I understand why, in a court of law, why they would be arguing this idea, but it concerns me. Because when we begin to see things like COVID-19 as an act of God, I believe it confuses our understanding of who God is and therefore confuses the central message of Easter. When we begin to ascribe to Him all these sources of sorrow, then we miss. The clear biblical teaching that at the center and core of who God is, is love. That he is a God of love. That his desire in his relationship for us would be that of love. That we would know and understand and experience him as a God of love. From a biblical perspective, COVID-19 is not an act of God. Easter is the act of God based on love. Can we talk for a moment about acts of God? The original act of God that at least we know of is that God created the world. And everything in our world, and it was good. It was good. It was created in love. There was none of those earthquakes or floods or tornadoes that in a legal sense, act of God talks about. It was good. And then his next act was that he decided to create the crown jewel of creation. That unlike any other part of creation, he would create humankind in his image, like him and we, were good. Our parents, Adam and Eve, our representatives, they were good. In fact, they were created with freedom and in freedom to love and to care to steward this creation in one sense. All of creation was formed for Adam and Eve, for you and I. And it was good. They were created, we were created free to sing and dance. And yet part of that freedom was the freedom of choice. That we... Our parents could choose to live in the goodness, in the ways of God's goodness, or we could choose not. And as most of you know, our parents made that choice. That was the third act, but it was not an act of God. It was an act of humanity, our representatives. And when the crown jewel of creation acted in rebellion and sin, it affected all the world. And the world became not only good, but fell with our parents. The Apostle Paul, in talking about the resurrection, he also provides Context to us. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes through a man. He's talking about two men first Adam and then Christ. He goes on, For as in Adam, All die, so in Christ, all will be made alive. Perhaps in this Easter, we're meant to understand both men. In fact, I'm convinced if we really want to understand the love of God, we have to understand the pain and sorrow of the world. If we want to understand the beautiful hope in Christ. We have to understand the decision of death of our parents. Let me try and explain it this way. I was thinking about the effects of our parents in all the world, and I was thinking about perhaps in our lifetime, this is the greatest sports scandal that most of us are aware of. I was a fan of Lance Armstrong and the Live Strong Foundation. In fact, I loved the story. He beat cancer and then he came back to, to go against the highest cyclist. He, he, he wins in Tour de France, and then he allows that victory to roll over to this non-for-profit that is battling cancer, fighting cancer, beating cancer. I was a fan. Of course, I, I wrapped it in faith as well. I said, I want to live my faith strong and confident. I want to fight. I had the bracelet. And I bought some clothes. And then when it came out that he fell, so many of us were disillusioned. So many of us were wounded and hurt. But think of it this way. It didn't just affect our view of Lance Armstrong. It affected Our view of the Live Strong Foundation. Everything that it was doing was good, and yet now tainted because of that virus of sin. I don't want to suggest that's irredeemable, but I want you to understand deeply this universal virus of love. And in fact, I want you to think not just about globally, but I want you to look very personally in your own heart. There's another term, legal term, called complicit. And I think when we all take an honest look in our own hearts, we realize that we are complicit in that rebellion with our parents with our representatives, Adam and Eve, that indeed it is true, the famous passage of Isaiah 53, 6. The prophet says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, we have to understand the depths of the virus, the depths of sin in order to understand the depths of God's love in Easter, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish. Even though that sin, that virus leads to death, God intervened in love. So that we, like Christ, might live again in resurrection. So, COVID 19 should not lead us, as Christians at least, to say, Why, God? He's told us why. Because we live in a fallen world, we live in a world that's permeated with sin. That if we honestly look, we can understand our own soul has been permeated with sin. Instead of us saying, why God? It should lead us to say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, bring your love. Come again, fill our hearts, fill this world again this day with your love. With the passion of Easter, fill us with the hope of Easter. The last few verses of Scripture does just that. Jesus says, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. And then the people of God say in response, come Lord Jesus, Maranatha, come, come. We're wrestling with this virus. We need your love. Easter didn't happen in a vacuum. Easter happened because the world, as the Apostle Paul says, was groaning and is hurting. And God said, I will not leave my children in that place. I will send my son. That was the cause of Easter. But I want to also talk, because I believe the Lord is saying this, something about the continuation of Easter, that Easter is the beginning and not the end. In fact, if we finish the gospel of Matthew in chapter 28, starting at verse 16, we've got the, the, the passage of he is not here, he is risen. You see the sin, the virus of sin in, in the guards' report. And the religious leaders. And then in verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted that virus still there. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. Go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Perhaps no other Easter have I heard as deeply the invitation the commission, the command of go. That this was not the moment that we lived happily ever after. This was the beachhead where the redemption and the love established on earth came Easter morning. And now we're called to live that out. Question, can you imagine if today... Easter 2020, the vaccine for COVID-19 was discovered. Let's say there's a professor or a chemist at UCCS, and perhaps she's she's from China. She's been passionate. She's been studying this again and again, and she found it, and this is the day she discovered the vaccine. It's going to happen someday. Now, what would be our response to that? Would we stop and say, hey, let's throw a parade downtown Colorado Springs and go, perhaps someday, but not today, especially because we're all still in isolation? What would happen as quickly as possible, ASAP, we would begin reproducing, mass producing that vaccine, and we'd begin sending it to the crucial places in our country, to New York and Louisiana. We'd send it around the world to Iran and Italy, all those places. It would be the beginning of us beating COVID-19. Friends, I believe that's how we're supposed to understand Easter. Easter is the beginning place where the vaccine of God's love addresses the pain of this world. In fact, I, I believe that's why Jesus says so many parables of growth. He's talking about the kingdom of God, he's talking about the good news of salvation. He's talking really about Easter. And he gives, for example, the mustard seed. Easter, think about Easter as the mustard seed. Jesus asked, Luke 13, 18, 19, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree And the birds perched in its branches. Friends, Easter is like the mustard seed that's been planted, not the tree. We're called to water that mustard seed. Or think of it, that next parable that Jesus gives about the yeast. He says again, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? This, this gospel message, Easter, it is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in about 60 pounds of flour. Imagine that big part, uh, uh, piece of dough and it worked all through the dough. The yeast starts working in that. I like to think of that dough in two ways. One is my personal life or our personal lives that we are that batch of dough and the kingdom of God the Easter message is that yeast that God places in our hearts and he begins to need our lives and though it starts at the center he wants the gospel message he wants the love of God to touch every aspect of our life our thought lives, our relationships, our integrity, our work lives, our family lives. His call is, his desire is to need the love that he has for us into every part of our lives. Friends, if we would begin to allow him to do that this Easter, you know what would happen? We would experience a personal renewal and revival in our lives. I like to think also of this parable of the dough as being the world, that God wants to spread the yeast of His gospel, the good news, His love around the world to every country to every woman, man, and child, but I like to think not of God needing this into the world. Do you know who? You. That's the role of the church. That's the commission of every Christian, that we would join the Father in needing his love into every corner, every edge, every part of this fallen world that is growing under the virus, groaning under the virus of sin. So COVID-19, because of Jesus, does not lead us to pull back, even though it feels so much like we're pulling back. But to serve on, to love on, to respond to Easter, that Easter is not meant to be the final piece in the jigsaw puzzle. Easter is the edge around the puzzle, as it were. And your life is the piece that God is waiting for you to add to that puzzle, to live the love of God. Jesus said this, Luke 6, 27, 28. But to you who are listening, I say, if you're not listening, then just disregard this next verse. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I love that passage because in it, it doesn't matter what season of life you are in, whether you're in a pandemic or in a time of prosperity. It doesn't matter who is in your life, whether it's a friend or foe. He's saying it does not matter season or person. Your call is the same. Love. Love them. Do Good. Live the gospel. Live Easter. Live resurrection. Put your piece of the puzzle in. Friends, there is going to be a day that we are released from this in-home confinement. Can you imagine if we were ever changed because of this time? Can you imagine if in history they look back on this Easter that was live-streamed around the world. And it brought change, personal revival in each. And we began to realize we're all in this together. We're all wrestling with the virus of sin together. We all have the same call to live the love of God wherever we go. Can you imagine if when we started, when finally the call was released from all the governors and around the world and we came out of our homes not the same that we went in, that we came out filled with the love of God, filled hearing the commission to go, how dramatic and significant would that be? that we have the vaccine. It was discovered 2,000 years ago. And now we're meant to bring it. I've seen pictures of this, great and small, of people kneading the dough, of of loving the world around them. I've seen neighbors simply just saying, how are you? Are you you doing okay? What do you need? I've seen... uh, Members, just thoughtful, a couple of members of SCC, remembering that we have all these baby wipes in our nursery, and they're probably going to be dried up by the time we're out of this, so what could we do bringing them to to Mary's home, a place of service? I've seen this in big ways, watching the Today Show, and Drew Brees, who's the not only the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, but he's a committed Christian and he's taken criticism for outward, how outward he's been about his faith. He and his wife, Brittany, donating $5 million to the Louisiana's COVID-19 relief efforts. Watching the the, the newscaster, Hoda, she, she was so overcome by their generosity and their love. She, she couldn't, Intro, the next news story. It's a beautiful moment. As a pastor friend, as he is living and and serving in uh, L.A., instead of him going to the grocery store and buying all the toilet paper he could for his family, he bought all the toilet paper he could for his neighbors. And he went neighbor to neighbor, and how are you doing how can I help? And at the same time, his wife, who's a doctor, serves a clinic on Skid Row with masks, is on the internet asking for donation of masks, risking her life every day in the name of Christ, in love, sharing the vaccine of God's love in this broken world. You know, maybe, maybe it's okay that Easter wasn't quite as celebratory as before. Maybe it's okay that it didn't have all the pomp and circumstance before. Perhaps the Lord wanted to use this time as difficult and filled with sorrow as it is to remove some of the outside celebrations to bring a deeper understanding of his love this Easter. That this Easter, perhaps more than any other Easter, would be that source of change, renewal and revival in the hearts of his people and therefore leading to renewal and revival around the world. Can you imagine if his vaccine of love affected all the countries that COVID-19 is affecting? What an incredible day. Would you pray with me? Father, we long for this not to be simply another day, not even another Easter celebration. We long For this to be a day of change and transformation and renewal and revival, Lord. And we recognize that it begins with our own hearts, it begins with our own souls. Lord, we want to open ourselves up to you this Easter morning, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you have filled us with your love. But we pray this morning, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, into our hearts and our souls. Holy Spirit, would you do a work in us? Would you work the power of your resurrection into every nook and cranny of our heart and soul, every part of our life. Would we live a life that reflects your resurrection, that reflects your love in whatever season, with whatever person in our lives? Lord, would you, would you teach us to be a people of your great love. And Lord, we pray for our broken and hurting world, Lord God. Lord, we pray for those who have lost so much and are wounded this Easter. Lord, it's only your gospel that fills us in the midst of sorrow and loss with the hope of Jesus Christ. That because you rose from the dead, Jesus, that our loved ones whom we have lost are with you in eternity, that someday we will join you, that someday you will return and restore this broken world. To the good world that you created, that you would restore every country, every corner of the world, every person, every heart and soul to live in the goodness of you, Lord Jesus. So we say, Come. Lord Jesus. Amen.